Today is Thursday, April 22nd, 2021, and I have a very special guest on tonight's, on this episode of Arch Radio. It is Arthur from the Amarins podcast, and he lives in New Zealand. Hi, Arthur. Where it's tomorrow. Hi, it's tomorrow here. That's right. You're in the future. <laughs> I am. It's Friday the 23rd. Well, in a couple hours, it'll be the Friday the 23rd here, but not for like three more hours. And yeah, well. I said on my podcast that I posted today that I would be talking to you tonight, even though it's Thursday evening, um, Eastern Standard Time, let's say, um, I may not post this until Sunday for people to listen to. So I know, yes. right? But there's like this whole time continuing thing. I don't know what Sunday will be your time. It'll probably be Monday your time. I know. It's crazy. I think that's right, actually. Anyway, it has been forever since I have spoken to you. It has. It has been. And I have missed you both um, in the podcast world and just personally because we've, you know, we were really good friends there for a while. And I just, I feel like I've missed you because of everything that's been going on with your life. Yeah, yeah. And I really just want to ask, how are you doing? The usual answer I give is okay, okay. because okay is good enough. All right. That's good. Um, perhaps we should say why I'm only okay. <laughs> well, that's, that was going to be my next question, but I don't, you know, again, I don't know how much you want to share, but well, um, no, it, for the listeners who don't know you. Yes. Your husband, Nigel, passed away a year, a year and... About 18 months-ish. Okay, about 18 months ago. September of 2019. From a very um, sudden liver cancer diagnosis, right? Yep, there's 11 days diagnosis to death. Yeah, see, that's just crazy fast, and and I don't know how people deal with that. I don't know how you... Well, I I mean, I followed you along. I know how how you've dealt with it, but, you know, it's it's a hard thing to get over. So... Um, and it looks like, if from following your blog and your podcast, it looks like you've been doing pretty well lately. Yeah. I mean, it's the the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand about uh, profound grief is that it's not a set journey. It's not like six months and you're done or whatever. It's as long as it takes. Um, I'm on two Facebook groups for gay widowers, widows and widowers. And some of the people are still grieving after 27 years or whatever. Oh, wow. Just pulled that number out of my head. Yeah. Um, and the, the thing is that um, Nigel and I were together for 24 years, and which is a hell of a long time for, for any couple. For a gay really. relationship, that, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I know straight people have never made it that long, too. So. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> but when you've been with somebody for, for that long, and you've spent so much time building a life together and you've made plans for the future and all of that sort of stuff. When that person goes, especially if it's quick, then it's, it literally is like half of you has been ripped away. And then what I, what I began doing ultimately about six months, well, a year ago or so was to try to figure out, well, who am I? You know, because I spent 24 years of being half of a we, and I have to figure out how, how to be me. And I still don't know what that means. I mean, I just, as you know, I just recently started podcasting again. Yes. And I haven't been blogging as much as I used to. I used to blog an average of once a day, and now it's eh, a few times a week, maybe. Well, you know what? Yeah. You know how it works for me is when I see what you posted on Facebook, and you say on your <laughs> Facebook thing, "Oh, I I posted on my blog, blah blah blah,", blah. then yeah. I go to the blog and I, I'll read the whole long thing. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, one of the things I think that's good about Facebook is that if I share a link to a blog post, people can read it within Facebook. They don't, well, on an app anyway, they don't have to actually go to the blog and 
that's handy because a lot of people don't do that anymore. Right. At least not with, you know, small blogs or podcasts. No, I agree. Or whatever. Blogs are kind of like, that's the last place people go these days. Yeah. But getting back to you, um, yes. you, you said you were going to tell us why you feel like you're okay. Yeah. The, because grief isn't a, a set journey with a set time, it, I've often described it as being like a roller coaster, which I've since found out is a common description that people use. You have really good days and you have really, really shitty days. And most of them are somewhere between those two extremes. Okay. And so my goal is not to be happy. I mean, ultimately it is, yes. But my immediate goal isn't to be happy. It's to be okay, to be content, to be at peace with what, where I'm at and what's going on around me. And most days I'm there. And so that's where I say I'm okay and okay is good enough. Right. But you're eventually it'll be better. And it's not like you're to the point where you're not thinking about him every day. Clearly you think about him every single oh, day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I, a few months ago, many months ago now, I guess I put up um, photos of us all over the house and cause we never had photos of us out anywhere because we saw each other every yeah. day. We thought don't need photos. And neither of us were really into having framed family photos or anything sitting around. So we just didn't have those. Right. And I got this. Well, one of the things that, that's been quite common for me since this all started is that I'll get obsessed by something. And a few months ago, I got obsessed with having to have photos all around the house. <laughs> I did okay. that. I went up to a local store and I printed out the photos and, you know, proper photo paper and all that and framed them. And I mean, some of them, too, I gave to family members because they didn't have those photos either. Um, there, there was one of Nigel that was taken just in April of the year he died. Uh, I think it was April, 2019. And it was one of the best photos of him that was ever taken. So I did one for myself and for his mother and for his brother and some, and the other um, siblings so that, um, they could have it too. And, um, that actually helped quite a lot because, um, they were all happy photos, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so I could concentrate more on happy things than, Oh, my phone's ringing. Oh. <laughs> and you have it in your pocket. <laughs> I do. I'll, I'll be right with you. Okay. G'day. My, yes, yes, that was yesterday. That's fine. Um, he, yeah, he hasn't. Um, I know that that Chris is picking up somebody or other at the Rotocardi transport thingy this evening. So she's, she's probably just going to stop by and, and say, hi, the puppy arrives tomorrow. So she won't be going to Terry's. Sorry. Yeah. 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 And, did you know Pam's coming down on Sunday? Okay. Yeah. Well, I suggested to Chris that we go to her house Sunday at, at dinner, just get takeaways or something, because that way we can all meet meet the new puppy and she can be included in stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Oh, okay. 
Okay. No, that's fine. Yep. <laughs> okay. No, I just wasn't expecting it. That's all. But that's fine. Fine. Yeah, join the club. Yeah, well, just, just let me know what you want to do. Okay. Okay. See you tomorrow. See you. Bye. Sorry about that. I'm organizing my busy social life. That's no problem. I will totally cut that out and um, get back to what we were talking about. Um, I don't even remember where I was. I don't remember where you were either, to tell you the truth. But I do have a couple of questions about um, Nigel's illness, to tell you the truth. Yep. And again, you can just tell me, you know, no or whatever. But um, since we, so he was diagnosed with um, like stage four liver cancer, right? Yep. And did they say anything about how he would have gotten that? Is it through... Um, no, um, it's actually a bit of a uh, sore point, I guess, with me, because he had no symptoms up until August. He started feeling somewhat unwell, um, sort of like chronic indigestion and stuff. He developed what the doctor diagnosed as an inner ear infection, gave him antibiotics. He finished the course, which is unusual for him, but he finished the course of antibiotics and still didn't feel well. And that's when it started to be more like a gut thing where he felt unwell. And um, he went to the after hours clinic because the doctor couldn't see him for some reason. And he, um, they suggested that he take um, probiotics, you know, because antibiotics can kill gut bacteria as well. Yeah. So take that to restore it. And he wouldn't do that. And I think he thought something was really quite serious. So I, it was a few days later, we went back to the GP who found out that he was really dehydrated because he couldn't really eat anything. He was only having smoothies and not even much of that. And so they, they gave him fluids in the, in the office and we're going to transfer him, transfer him to the hospital by ambulance. But the ambulance got stuck in Auckland traffic. So I drove him to the hospital. Oh my gosh. And so that's when they started doing the actual testing. They'd already sent him for an ultrasound um, of his liver. I think it was no, it was, maybe it was just his gut. I can't remember that part. And, um, while, while he was there, they did more extensive tests, you know, like a MRI or whatever that thingy is. Mm -hmm. And um, at that point, they still thought it might be liver polyps, but then, which is um, survivable, it's treatable. And then they found out, they decided later on that he actually had liver cancer. And after they did the, um, uh, what do you call it, biopsy, um, they said, no, it was stage four and basically they're they didn't say there's nothing they can do. They, they said, we'll make the appointment with the um, um, oncologist. And the sticking point for me, the sore point for me, is that when he went back into hospital, what, what turned out to be his last couple of days, they wanted to do an endoscopy and the um, colonoscopy because oh. they wanted to find out where the cancer originated. And he said no, which, you know, good for him because it was pointless then. Right. What would but, be the point at that, at that point? Yeah. Exactly. But the point is that the doctors were looking at it with their medical school textbook um, blinders on. They were convinced, absolutely convinced that the cancer originated somewhere else and spread to his liver because that's what usually happens. But in a small percentage of cases, it originates in the liver. When you get cancer in the liver, there's really not much hope. It's always fatal sooner or later, usually sooner rather than later. And I was convinced 
that the the cancer started in his liver because it met all the symptoms that I read about in my, I mean, I didn't read all of the literature on the subject, obviously, mm-hmm. but the little bit I did after the fact, um, it, it matched the, um, the prognosis, the, not the prognosis, the description of how that manifests. The progression of how he got it. Or yeah. How his went, yeah. Yeah. So somehow or other it originated, I'm convinced it originated in his liver and, um, his GP was my GP as well. And when I went back for my next visit, for my prescriptions or whatever, I mentioned that to her and she said, I think you're absolutely right. It had to have originated in the liver. Now she's not a cancer expert. She's not a liver expert. She's a GP, but even so it takes, it's common sense. <laughs> you know, she had no yeah. symptoms whatsoever until really only maybe, maybe a month before he died. He had all of his tests, including liver function tests were always normal. There was never any indicator that anything was wrong wow. until he went in um, with these complaints. So I'm convinced the doctors got it wrong. I mean, they ultimately got it right, but how they got there was where they got it wrong. Right, right. Oh, man. <coughs> Pardon me. Well, I just, I had a, an uncle who died of liver cancer. And like you said, it was for Nigel 11 days from diagnosis to death. Mm. Um, his was like the same way. I think it was three weeks from diagnosis to death. For yeah. my uncle, and but that was way back in the, like the, early '80s that he died. You know, so yeah. I don't think they knew as much back then that they as they know now. No, how things. And the go. thing is that if if they had been able to catch it early, and again there was no symptoms, no signs, nothing, nothing to indicate that something was wrong. If they had been able to catch it early, one of the possibilities for some people is a liver transplant, which sometimes will take care of it. Um, well, especially but, if it's if the cancer originated there yeah, and, is, yeah. and is just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he didn't obviously didn't get that that opportunity. Right. Now I don't know why it struck him in particular. I do. Uh, it is an entire. It is entirely possible that he had genetic damage because his father was at the um, nuclear tests in. Um, Oh, I can't remember what is South Pacific anyway, when the British were conducting their, their tests. Oh, wow. The Royal New Zealand Navy um, was there as well. And they had the sailors stand up on the deck and face the explosion as soon as it had detonated. And he was irradiated and he had lots of cancers over the years. And um, there is evidence, there's clear evidence that the children of the, of the sailors who were there had genetic damage. The UK government steadfastly denies that. Of course. It says it couldn't have happened. It couldn't have happened. And the New Zealand government follows along. The reason is they're waiting for them all to die so that there won't be any financial liability. Yeah. Because the British crown owes billions to those people. It's not just New Zealanders. It's Australians and Brits and maybe Canadians. I'm not really sure. And um, they're just waiting them out because they know that what they did was wrong. Everybody knows that having sailors or anybody exposed to nuclear blast is wrong now. Yeah. And they should take responsibility for what they did, but they haven't. Right. And I don't think they ever will. That's, that's really too bad. That's sad. I mean, I'm sure because the Americans had we had the same kind of thing in the yeah. Southwest when we, when they did, um, you know, the test back then. Um, yeah. So, okay. So we spoke about the, his diagnosis and his uh, death and all that. And you're, and that you're doing okay. Yes. <laughs> now, in this process that's been going on for the last 
uh, 18 months or whatever, um, you've done some things that are, are like, for me, I see you like charging ahead. Yes. Buying the new house. Yes. Decorating it, setting it up, getting your things the way you like them to yep. be. Yep. And then just recently you, you, well, I, what, I, I, I had already seen it on your podcast. I mean, on your, um, blog about the solar panels. Yep. Um, but then you talked about today on your, well, on your last episode, you spoke yep. about that a little bit. Um, are you to the point where you're getting, um, it may be too soon, but uh, getting a, an actual return for your, um, for your solar that you're selling back to the, um, no, it no. was just switched on yesterday. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, it's really too soon. <laughs> yeah. And okay. it's cloudy today, so it's probably generating bugger all, but. <laughs> well, I just think that is amazing that, that, that you're able to do that one. And then, well, yeah, you were just, you were describing the um, cost of it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, <laughs> so yeah. expensive. Um, yeah. But eventually think, you're going to get to the point where you probably won't have a, a utility bill, right? Or a very small one Yeah. at, at, the, at the most. Um, because over time, I'll, you know, I'll cut things out that I don't need anymore. And, and things get more efficient over time. I mean, one of the things I, I did is I bought a, a new uh, uh, washer and dryer because, well, I needed a new dryer, but I got ones that were more efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I had a, a condenser dryer, which is not... The, the the advantage of it is it doesn't need to be vented outside. It collects the water inside the, this tank that you empty, or you can plumb it. Oh. And that's good. It generates a hell of a lot of heat inside the house. Well, that's no good. Then you got to run the air conditioning. Yeah. Oh, but you just got a new air conditioner thing, right? Well, it's a ventilation system, but that's yes. That's right, yeah. And th- that's just started running because we're getting colder now. And so in the daytime, what, what it I should explain, what it does is it, takes the attic air, filters it, and then um, distributes the heat down. the house. Yeah. 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 So in the wintertime, it brings the attic heat down. In the day, in the summertime, it's off all day long and it switches on at night when the temperature drops. So it cools the house just before I go to bed. So it's perfect. Yeah. I didn't use the um, air conditioner in my bedroom all last summer because I didn't need it. Wow. That's um, good. Heat, I'm that not must mean sure you, about yet. That must mean you also have your blood pressure in check. It, yes, it's stable. Um, yeah. I think it's too high. They seem to be happy with it. And okay. Well, wait, what you, do you think is too high? Oh, it, well, it varies. It's like 138 over, um, I can't remember 70 something or 60, no, 70 something. That the 70 part is good. Yeah. But the 138 is not that. that good. I took well, my, I've been, I have to take mine once a week and it goes to Kaiser, you know, cause they keep, you know, cause I had a heart attack a year ago. Right. Mm. Did you remember that? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so I've taken my blood pressure and like the last time it was 113 over 81. So even though it was that those numbers sound great, as soon as you go one point over 80, then you're in um, hypertension uh, stage one. Yeah. According to yeah. Kaiser, you know, so. Well, one of the things though is that blood pressure um, is is different depending on your age. You add certain percentages as you get older. Correct. And so now that I'm el- nearly elderly. Um, <laughs> you're, not, you're not even 60 yet, are you? Yeah, I'm 62. Oh, 62. Okay. See, yeah. three years goes by and I don't even know how old you are anymore. <laughs> yeah. You're almost Turn as old as Big Fatty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my my blood pressure is actually in the range that's acceptable for somebody my age. Okay. The, the only reason it's a little bit iffy is because I did have to um, have a cardiac stent 
because I had cardiac, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, artery, coronary artery disease. That's what I have. And I have a stint like right here in my heart. Well, it's in my heart somewhere. I don't know where it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, and so they've got me on blood thinners. Well, that actually wasn't, it, originally it was because of that. It's not because of that now. It's because I had um, rhythm problems. And not the dancing kind, the heart kind. Right. No, I know. <laughs> the dancing kind is still awful. But <laughs> I can't even imagine Look, watching you dance. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the health stuff has been in the background of all of this. And um, actually, I was thinking just recently that I feel like Nigel got cheated for the last year or two of his life because I have been on various drugs that are supposed to keep my heart rhythm and heart rate um, low or whatever, heart rate low and rhythm normal. But it had the side effect of making me exhausted all the time for the past couple of years. I hear you. And so he, he didn't get the full benefit of me during that time. And, um, but then of course I got cheated cause I don't get him anymore. So I guess it's even, I know, but um, yeah, but you know, going back to something you said earlier, a lot of people said to me in the, in the early stages that they were amazed at, at what I was doing. And the, the, the thing is that I couldn't think of anything else to do because I was, you know, caught in the middle of this abyss. I had no plan for the future anymore. It was taken away from me. I had no idea what to do next. And as it happens, uh, well, I'll get to that later. Um, so what I did is the, the whole gist of the story is that Nigel died September 20th, 2019. And he said to me in his last few days, I think, no, I think it was actually in his first hospital trip the week before. He said, because we knew he was dying, and he said, what do you think you'll do? Do you think you'll move back to the North Shore where our other house was? And um, I said, well, I don't know, I guess. Because you know, <laughs> well, At that point, you don't that. know what you're going to do. No. But his brother, who was at the hospital at the time, and, and his wife took me aside and said, uh, we think you should move to Hamilton. And um, because they lived there and um, his brother's daughters live here. Um, their sister live and her husband live here and their mom lives here and, um, they have other relatives. We have other relatives who are about an hour and quarter, hour and a half, hour and quarter ish to the east of us, which is where Nigel and I used to live in Paroa. And then, um, Auckland itself is maybe an hour and a half away or a bit more if you're going to the North shore. And so Hamilton's pretty central. And I thought, Oh, never thought about that. Okay. So that's it. And I told him that I was, I decided I was going to move to Hamilton. And he said, well, you don't have to decide right now. I said, no, no, it's all decided. <laughs> <laughs> I've already made my decision. I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we were always going to move to Hamilton eventually, uh, yep. probably at retirement. So I was kind of just sort of fulfilling what we'd planned anyway. So it wasn't a big drama for me as far as I was concerned. But then the next thing was I had to decide, well, what does that mean? What do I do? And... I decided to sell the house that we were living in because where we were living was was really isolated. Well, and, was, and uh, hadn't you already hadn't you two already um, tried to sell your house at one point? That house that was the house in the shore. That was the other house. Okay. Yeah, we couldn't sell it because people didn't understand the construction technique, and they thought it was leaky. It wasn't, but they thought it could be. Right. So we just gave up ultimately, and we ended up using that house to get finance to buy the new one. So we kept the old one as a rental. And I still oh, have it, actually. I was going to say, do you still have it? Yeah, I do. And it's, it's, I consider it land banking. 
basically. For the future. Yeah. yeah, eventually I'll sell it and then use the money in my retirement. But I'm sp spending a small fortune to fix things up right now. <laughs> but you moved into a brand new house. I did. I was originally going to build. I had two different plans to build. Um, well, the first time I went and talked to them about it and I just couldn't make it work. And then the second time when I went, I went, there was a section that I really liked and I was going to build a house on that. I wasn't all that keen on the, on the house design that came up for me, came up with for me, but I didn't get any farther into, into um, changing that because um, they have this thing. It's quite common, apparently, in New Zealand to have covenants on land, you know, especially oh. in a new development. Yeah. And they had these crazy covenants about how you could never have uh, a camper parked on your section. And that's like um, HOA in America. <laughs> yeah, except that there's the only enforcement is the the, de the original developer and the other um, residents who are also under the covenants. Right. And there were restrictions on how big the tree in your front of your house could be and what kinds of trees you were allowed to print. Uh, oh, that's plants. too much. No, what, no. what your shed could be your garden shed and all that sort of stuff. And I, and I, I, my lawyer was not thrilled about this, about these things and said, look, th these have serious implications. And so I went back to them and said, cause I didn't know how far along they were in the development process. Mm -hmm. And, um, the covenants are a legal document that are filed with the government. So they're legally enforceable by any of the owners ultimately. And I said, look, this is just not acceptable because there's all these things that just aren't going to work for me. And they came back to me, the house housing people came back to me and said, well, the, the developer said, he'll let you have a, a camper on your, on your section. <laughs> I said, that's not the point. <laughs> no, that's yeah. a, a yes on one thing is not the point. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't, I don't have a camper. I, I know people who do, who might theoretically want to come and stay and they wouldn't be allowed to, to park there. They'd have to park it somewhere else and take a cab over or something. I don't know. Oh. And I just said, nah, I'm out. And that was it. So then I started looking at houses. And one day, um, uh, Terry Nigel's um, younger brother asked me if I'd heard of this area of Hamilton where I'm living now. And I, I'd heard of it. I'd looked at one house online, which I liked, but I thought it was going to be too small or something. So we just drove over here just to look at the area. And that was it. That's the only reason we came over here. And as we were leaving, we saw a realtor putting up an open home sign, a flag thing in the road. So we turned around and went back and found the house because we didn't know which house it was. <laughs> and uh, we pulled up out front and looked at it. I thought, oh, that's nice. It, um, it was a little bit of Nigel, a little bit of me. The, it has a, a peak roof, um, which I like because it makes the house look like it's standing up proud. Right. And right. Oh, so yeah. I like that look. And it has a little bit of an office building vibe going to it, which Nigel would have liked. Okay. Not I quite like, as much as he would have liked. but Kind of maybe industrial a little bit. Yeah, well, it's painted brick and um, um, what do you call it? You know, timber, um, you call it siding, I think. We call oh, yeah, siding. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I looked at it from the front and go, oh, that's nice, but it's going to be way too small. And because um, it looked like it had a one car garage. And for one thing, but it wasn't that so much. It was that it just looked narrow. Mm -hmm. So we went in the front door and walked into the 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 big area which is lounge kitchen diner all in one big room i thought oh that's that's pretty big that's good and there was a door in the back corner so we walked over there and opened up and the house just kept going <laughs> oh so like the bedrooms and stuff are back there yeah there's almost like in a separate wing oh wow. in fact i joked about having the the living pavilion and the um accommodation wing they used to call it <laughs> that's cool yeah, so there's three bedrooms and a bathroom ensuite toilet in that area 
And it turns out that the garage is actually a two car garage, but it's end to end, which is unusual. Mm. But it suits me that just is, fine yeah. because I want to have like a workshop area, a flexible area in the back, which I can use as a workshop or I could um, do photography in there or make videos or whatever I want to do. I can just reconfigure it depending on what I want to do with it once I get thousands of boxes out of there. <laughs> well, now let me ask you this because it's a two-car garage. Did you sell Nigel's car or did you guys only have one car to begin with? His car was leased. Oh, okay. And, so the lease was, yeah. Yeah, the lease was actually um, ending in October of that year. And he normally is was right on to getting um, a new vehicle organized before a lease ran out because he always leased because that way he could get a brand new car every three years or whatever yeah. and just get rid of it and get another one. And the, the, um, main, the basic maintenance was always included. And um, so for him, it worked out great. And, um, but the lease was coming up to, to its end. And uh, I thought it was going to be way too big for me. It was a um, Subaru um, Outback. And out back, yeah, that's familiar in America. Yeah, and I thought it was way too big for me. I couldn't handle. I never drove, almost never drove it because it was too big and int intimidating. I used to tell Nigel it was a truck, oh my gosh. and um, he'd roll his eyes generally. Well, what size car and do you have? I bought a Mazda CX three. Okay, that's which, a small car. Yeah, yeah, it's classified as a mini SUV. Oh, okay. but the irony is that now that I've been driving that, I could have handled the CX six, which is a the next model up oh yeah easily and i could have handled nigel's car i know now but i'm not sorry that i sent it back it would have been less expensive than my mazda but it still would have been a three or four year old car or whatever it was i can't remember now yeah so i think in the long run i probably did fine and i think my next one's gonna be a plug-in electric anyway oh my god that would be great i wish i could do that but i'm in a high-rise condo that doesn't have any mm. you know i'm sure i've you've heard me talk about this before no place to charge a car up but i would love that um, so you can easily put in a, a charger thing in your garage yep. or, or in your yep. driveway or whatever. Um, what's the square footage of your house then? Cause you said it, you thought it was going to be too small. Uh, I do know this, but I can't remember off the top of my head. The section is 603 square meters. So it must be about, um, 200 square meters ish, give or take. I don't know what that is. in. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> in America. How do you measure houses there? It's square it's feet. It's by square foot. It? Yeah. Right. Well, hang on a second. Oh, you got if only we had a global network of interconnected computers. I know somebody who could figure that out. I would just ask Siri. So I'll say 200 <laughs> square meters. Yeah, like a meter is like a little in bit more. Square than... feet. Oh, there you go. And, the, and survey says. Uh, 2,152 square feet. Oh my God. That's a nice size house. <laughs> it's probably actually smaller than that. I'm just guessing because I always call it 2,000 square feet. Uh, we only have 1,200 little square feet in this condo, but you're in a house house. So that makes a difference. Yeah. And uh, it's three for a single person, that, that I'd say that's garage. pretty good. That probably includes the garage um, in, in this case, because it's just a rough estimate. Because I know that the house takes up about two thirds of my section, and part of the section is out front, so it's not really usable anyway. Right now, when you say section, you actually mean the yard, right? Yeah, um, the property, the uh, lot, the, the land, yeah, or the lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, uh, normally the a yard is called a garden here, even if it doesn't have a garden. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they would do well, you know, everything's different. Everything's different. Yeah. So it's all upside down. I know it is. <laughs> all right. Now I want to ask you some questions, or at least at least when it get into an area that could be sensitive and you may not want to talk about it. But um what is your idea of a future romantic um involvements? Do you do you see that that's possibly something that you could do? My dog's barking in the background. It just startled me. Sorry. Um, I'm glad you asked that because I know people want to know about that and nobody has ever asked me. And I think some of it is because they don't want to upset me or, or maybe they they don't want to know about it. I don't know. But you know what? Let Nobody's... me just say let me just say one thing. You know Nigel would not want you to be absolutely s- single for the rest of your life. Absolutely. In fact, he told me that. Um, when in between his hospital stints, he was home and he said um, something like, I, I want you to find somebody else, just not too soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering it's been 18 months, I mean, maybe that's not yeah. enough yet. I don't know. I mean, I guess I think everybody's different. So tell yeah. us, tell us what you're thinking. Well, when he first, I'd like most people, I had absolutely no interest in, in ever being with anybody ever again, because, you know, I was going through trauma. Right. But, um, then I started to do the arithmetic in my head, which is always a dangerous thing for me under the best of circumstances. <laughs> but I realized that I've probably got anywhere from 20 to 30 years left. Easily. Yeah. Possibly more because my grandfather died at 92 and that was in the era when they didn't have this advanced medicine. I think it was 69 he died. Oh, then yeah, you're definitely going to live so, that long. Yeah, I should, I should make that anyway. And I thought about it I thought, I don't really like the idea of being all alone for, for 20 to 30 years or possibly even longer. Right. And so that that's one of the things I was thinking about. What has always held me back are two things. One is that I could never make anybody else feel what I've been going through over the past 18 months. The other thing is that I don't want to ever go through this again. Oh. So... And the inevitability is that whenever there's a couple, one of them is going to die first because it's really rare for two people to go at the same time, be a car accident, plane crash or something. I'm going first. I decided I'm going. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Nigel said the same thing. um, This is long before he got sick. We used to talk about everything. And he said he wanted to die first. And for him, it was the exact same situation because when he lived in Australia, um, his partner died. And... What I found out only recently, because I was, um, Nigel had a whole box of stuff that belonged to his late partner, and I was going through to see if there's anything I had to deal with or whatever. And one of the things that was in there was his death certificate, the oh. partners. And I found out that his partner died, uh, I think it was two years to the, almost to the day uh, when we met in person in New Zealand, when I first arrived in New Zealand. Oh, wow. It was within like a few days. Um, either way, I can't remember the precise ones. And Nigel's mother had told him, in fact, this is on this was on the very first podcast that he did with me, which I um, shared on Facebook recent just recently. Oh, I'm gonna have he to listen said, to that. He said that his mother sat him down and said, You're too young to be alone. And because he would have been what, 30, 31, I guess. 30, oh, that is 31. way too young, yes. Yeah, yeah. And for, fortunately he listened to her. <laughs> And got you. Yeah, because we (laughs) met and then the rest is history and all that. I don't rule it out, 
um, having another relationship someday. I'm not looking for one either. Right now. Yes. Um, in those two Facebook groups I mentioned, the, the, it's all over the place. Some guys say, I will never be with anybody again. Others say, others have had relationships already. They've got a boyfriend or they're engaged or they're already remarried. And uh, uh, at least a couple of them have, have buried two partners. Oh, wow. And I couldn't, in fact, one of them wrote a book about it called uh, Bloody Hell. His name is Jim Levesque, and I cannot remember the, na- type, the name of it. It's Love After Losses, I think it is. Okay. Um, it's on Amazon. Anyway, the, of course, they always say that you always find that sort of thing when you're not looking for it, because I actually wasn't looking for anybody when I met Nigel either. I was the same way. I wasn't yeah. looking for anybody when I met my husband. So, I don't know. I, I don't rule it out. I don't say, yes, I will. I don't say, no, I won't. It's it's sort of whatever happens, happens kind of thing. Right okay. now, it doesn't bother me. What about the intimacy? Are you missing that? I can do, it, I can do without that. <laughs> really? Yes. And part of that is because I'm still struggling with my medications and the side effects. And that's the last thing on my mind right now. Same same here. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but it's true. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, what do you think about moving on to um, Macintosh stuff? Because we've been going for 45 <laughs> minutes. Have <laughs> <Really>? we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Roughly 45 minutes. So well, I, um, I should, I'll, I'll just add that I've blogged about a lot of this stuff extensively, and it's all on my blog, which you can get through through emerins.com. And there's a badge on the side that says, um, a survivor's notes, uh, my journey through grief. And then there's another one that says building my new normal, my journey from grief. So anybody who wants to read any more about any of this stuff, you can, that's how to do it. Okay. I have your Amron's blog on my blog roll, but I don't think I have it on the Archer site. Let me see. No, it's probably, you probably got podcast. I don't know. Oh yeah. I have your podcast. Yeah. Which is fine. Oh, well, okay. Anyway. I should actually put any, yeah. Anyway, Macintosh. But on my, on my, um, <laughs> paularmstrong.name blog, I have you as your blog blog. They're on right. there. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Anyway, so you have a new um, M1 chip Mac Mini, correct? I do. And I do. before I ask you any other questions, what kind of monitor do you have attached to that? I still have the monitor I've been using for years, which is um, a Dell IPS panel. And I've been looking at 4K monitors to upgrade to, and I haven't I haven't actioned this yet because <laughs> there's a there's an issue because of COVID. It's very difficult to get stuff, and everything has to be shipped in, and the ports are all backed up, and all kinds of things going on. And of course, production was disrupted in China for a long time. Yeah, and there is nowhere where I can go and look at one of these monitors because. Monitors are more personal than underwear, I swear. You have to be able to look at them to see if, if it's what you want and if it meets your visual needs. No, I completely agree with you. If it's ugly, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. The only exception I would make to that is I've always liked the Apple monitors like within, in an iMac. And so oh, on. absolutely. Yeah. So I would take a punt on that. But to buy a, a separate monitor, I, I have to see it. And since there's nowhere I can go to see one, at least not in Hamilton, I've haven't done it yet but you know this is it's not 4k but it's reasonably high resolution okay because i was going to say you know you can attach the new uh, not the new but the um 32 inch uh 
what's it, what's it called? The the Pro monitor that goes mm. with the um, Mac Pro. Yeah, I can't think of the name of that thing, but it's six thousand yeah, dollars. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's probably a lot more over there than it is here. It probably is. Yeah. Actually, right. I think you're right. I think it's it's pushing ten in New Zealand dollars. I yeah I. I, I I wouldn't be sure, but I think so. I, I did look at it briefly when I was on the Apple site, and I go, yeah, right. That's not going to happen. I know. Because, <laughs> you know, I always think I, – I, I have been thinking about a second monitor, but unless mm. it looks like this one, I don't want it. You know? <laughs> it has to look like another – I could just buy another iMac. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I've still got my old one around somewhere. I haven't found it yet, but it's somewhere in the house. Well, I don't know that would be compatible, though. No, it wouldn't. And yeah. it's also not as good as the, the newest monitors either. It's probably equivalent to what I've got now. Well, true. Now, tell me about the, the Mac Mini. What Which version did you get and RAM and all well, that? I, I got it when it was first, um, not first released, but within the um, like a month or so of what it was released. So it's a 2020 uh, Mac Mini M1. And I could have bought it from a shop here in Hamilton, but they only sell the base model. Um, and you, you know what they, what everybody says that you can never be too thin, too rich, have too much computer memory, or too big a hard drive. That's right. So um, and I updated. Dicks can it. never be too big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, so I um, upgraded it to a 16 gig memory. Good, but of course, um, M1 chips are much more efficient with using memory than the old ones are. So 16 gigs is bigger than it sounds like on an M1 machine. I was just trying to see what the hard drive size is. Um, I upgraded that too. It comes with a 250 gig and I got a 500 gig, okay. which still is too small. But Apple charges absurd, obscene prices for hard drives. Tell me about and it. I got a four terabyte and it was like $800. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's just... Ugh. It's annoying because if you don't get it at the time you order the machine, you can't add it later because Correct. everything's soldered onto the motherboard. There's no right. There's no upgradable RAM. Yeah. Now, did you say when you say you, um, which version you got? So you got the eight eight um, eight core CPU, and is it an eight mm -hmm. core GPU? Sounds right. I don't actually remember to be honest. And go up um, to the Apple and come down to the, about this Mac. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about the cores. It just says it's a Mac Mini M1 2020. Um, chip is M1, 16 gigs of RAM, startup disk and serial. Um, oh, it doesn't say eight eight cores? No. I'm trying to think, does mine say that? My yeah. internet connection is not unstable. Sorry. Mine <laughs> says 10 core, 10 core, Intel Core i9. Yeah, well, mine, mine is whatever the the... Basics are. Yeah, I, I I don't know how to judge it based on the uh, Intel stuff. Yeah. So so what do you think yeah, of it? It's do not you... actually it's not actually all that comparable to the um, Intel because right. of it's got a completely different you know. Yeah, it's not structure. comparable because of the way the chip is built. Everything's on yeah. one chip. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And that was actually part of the problem when I got it because some of the some of the software I'd been using for years and years and years was no longer compatible. It was all you know relatively minor stuff so it's not like it's just a big drama or anything well did you have but, um updated versions of it that you could use i had to download them um okay because because what i did is i did the migration assistant which of course you talked about with yours yeah which um, i'm not doing although, that again <laughs> yeah 
I, um, my Mac, my Mac mini, I have, um, attached to my ethernet network in the house. Did you just so pick up just, a dog? Yes, I did. Actually, I can't, I can't see. <laughs> For those of you who, because this is a podcast, not a video thing. Oh, Arthur picked up his dog. It's so That's cute. Oh, so cute. What kind of dog is Leo? He is a Laoshan um, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel cross. Oh, so cute. Now, Laoshan is actually Löwchen. It's, it's, it means little lion in German. Oh. But everybody says Laoshan. So for the longest time, I thought it was a Chinese breed. It sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> it does. But no, and they call them that because in the like 15th century or whatever, they were the dogs of the aristocrats and they used to shave them to look like lions. Oh. Why? I don't know. But, you know, aristocrats are a bit nutty anyway. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so, yeah, and um, it's now the actual Laoshan is the rarest dog breed in the world. And so they survive mostly through crossbreeds. All right. So let's get back to your Mac. So what do you think yes. of the iMac? Um, I mean, the, the Mac Mini, um, does it do, is it super fast? Is it amazing? I mean, what, what are your thoughts about that? Yes. It, um, it, it surprised me. I mean, I, well, Nigel had always had a fascination in everything technological, as you know, mm -hmm. and he subscribed to a YouTube channel for, that's called Linus Tech Talks. I'm subscribed, and, subscribed to? <laughs> yeah. Now, he is harsh, but fair. Yes, he is. <laughs> and so um, he talked about the, the M1 chip and um, the performance they got. And they were comparing it to a Mac Pro, an Intel Mac Pro. And it held up well up against those, you know, a pretty well specced out Mac Pro. So that impressed me by itself. But then when he was just talking about the basic stuff that it could do, I thought, oh, okay. So um, it was... That was the reassurance I needed because I was already thinking I was that's what I wanted to do anyway. Right. Because I'd seen the Apple event and, and the things they said about it. And I thought, this is this is the way to go. Because I um, I bought a um, MacBook Pro in November of 2019 because Nigel told me to, basically. So it's an in, it, and, that's an Intel one, clearly. Yeah. Yes. And I was frustrated by it because it doesn't have a built-in video card that can handle um, certain things like Photoshop, for instance, right? Which is what I needed it for. And do you know what a lot of people do? They buy yeah, a they separate GPU and then plug yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I don't really want to do this. So I was hemming and hawing about what to do, and I decided now I'm going to get a desktop, and then I'll probably ultimately sell my MacBook because it's still new enough; it'll have a, a value. Absolutely. Um, and actually, I've got an older MacBook Pro that I was using. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to replace the battery on that because it is compatible with FireWire. It's that old. Oh, my God. 20, what year 2010, I think. 2010, oh, my I think. God. I can't believe my, my, No, no, no. It. It's not true. I think it's a 2016. I'm oh, well, sure that would be better if it's a 2016. Yeah, I think it's 2016. But the advantage of that is that I have an audio mixer that's FireWire and I can't use it anywhere anymore. But what I liked about it is multi-channel recording. And so I'm thinking that's going to become my podcast machine. Maybe you could get one of these Roadcaster Pros. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I was um, coveting most recently was a uh, Scarlet. Um, I forgot which model it was. Uh, it's probably because it's so pretty red. I can send you mine because I bought one, used it like twice, and said, "I, I just this is not what I'm looking for." If you want me to send that to you, I swear to God, I will send it to you. <laughs> I'm serious. 
It's got it's like because it it's pretty. <laughs> I know it's got it's got it's red all around. <laughs> yeah, but it's brand new. I did not use it like maybe two times. I'm just like, nope, this is not for me. Well, my very first device that Nigel bought for me was a USB interface um, from M Audio. I think it is. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, oh yeah, um, M Audio Fast Track Pro. It was called. It had uh, two mic inputs, which was fine. It worked great. Yeah. And I was able to do stuff that supposedly you, you can only do with mix minus, but I was able to do it. Nigel set it up for me. I was never able to replicate that, but that's beside the point <laughs> because I realized that one of the channels was starting to go um. and um, I was having real trouble getting throughput. So um, I ended up getting a um, blue, uh, what's it called? Icicle which allows you to connect an, an XLR mic to a USB port. Gotcha. Okay. And that's what I've been using since. And it, it, you know, it's fine, but if I'm ever going to have a guest, I've got to come up with a better solution. So that's why I want to use the MacBook Pro as my podcast machine. You mean a guest live in your studio or yeah, virtually? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because ultimately I, I still think I would like to do that. But, you know, we'll see. Well, I'm sure you've, you've heard all of us talking about our Rodecaster Pros, and I highly recommend it. But I would say use the uh, built-in um, settings that the uh, that the factory settings are. Don't, don't let John Ong tell you how to, <laughs> how to change the settings because I totally messed it up. But I anyway. won't tell you dissing John Ong. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He doesn't listen, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So on on uh, we've been we're almost going for like an hour now. Um, do, do you have time to keep talking? Yeah, I've got nothing on. Okay, cool. Then we'll. I'm I'm a widower. I don't have anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married, and I still don't have anything to do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's terrible. <laughs> um, well, my husband's probably in bed. Yeah, it's ten after. Yeah. yeah, it's ten o'clock at night on Thursday. He's in bed. Um. No, I was going to ask you about because um, clearly you have you looked at the um, Apple event from Tuesday, and you I haven't. Oh, you haven't? I haven't. No, um, because I wasn't going to buy a uh, an iMac anyway. So I thought, oh, well, what's the difference? But the truth is, and I, I said this at the time I got the Mac Mini that whenever there was an Apple event, Nigel would get up at like some ungodly hour, like four in the morning our time, to watch it live, and he always knew what was going on and i've never been that interested <laughs> so you're not a real him. apple fanboy. no clearly <laughs> but i didn't i didn't know that there had even been an event but then i got a message from scotty the little aussie battler yeah and um he was asking which color he should get and I'm yeah like, color of what i didn't so i went to the apple website and saw what he was talking about and I, oh right and they're pretty. I got to tell you, they are. Pretty. There was a, a brief moment I thought maybe I should sell my Mac Mini and get one of them, but I thought no, 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 no. The whole point of this was so that I could have a separate monitor and exactly. change the computer, but have still keep the monitor. Well, this is how I feel about you not even knowing about it. Oh no, that was not <laughs> it. There was this one. <laughs> I, I've, we've yeah. been talking all this time, and I haven't used any sound effects. How rude! I, feel <laughs> I know. Deprived. Hey, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. One thing I did. One thing I did want to say is about the Mac Mini. Yes, is that a lot of the people I saw on YouTube suggested getting. Uh, it's basically a dock that goes underneath it, and um, it, it expands the the usability because it adds USB um, USB B ports to it because the the Mac Mini is USB C. USB B or USB C. No, it, um, USB, it doesn't have any USB, the one I have, doesn't have any USB-C. That's the problem because oh. 
the Mac Mini only has USB-C, nothing else. And only two of them. Yes, that's correct. And so uh, my keyboard is still wired because I like it. And it is um, uh, USB. My mic is USB, obviously. Wait, so and those are USB A's then? I think they're B. Pretty sure they're B. The next uh, generation. There's no such now. thing as USB B. Yes, US there is. No, it's USB A or USB C. USB A, B, or C. B is, can uh, B ports can read A devices. A cannot read B devices. A is an old standard. Admitted. Yes, but that's what they're calling them now. Well, they'd be silly then, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess they would be. <laughs> well, then, okay, so yeah. on the back of your Mac Mini, you have two USB-Cs, which are yes. actually Thunderbolt 3s, probably. Yes, yeah. And then you have the, the other USB, the old USB, which is probably USB 3 um, on the back. Yeah, prob probably is. I'm just, you probably have I'm feeling. two it's of not those. Tell me by feeling it. Yeah, I've got my monitor um, in that port. Let me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run to the Apple store real quick and look if, at the Mac If Mini. only there was a global network of interconnected computers. I know, right? Mac Mini and then tech specs. It'll tell me on the back what this fucker has. Um, it has, yes, it has. Oh, look, and look what Apple calls them. USB-A's. USB-A, you have one HDMI 2.0 and, oh, you have two Thunderbolt 4s. That's just Thunderbolt 4. Yeah, but it's also USB-C. Correct. That is correct. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, I misspoke. I actually have my um, monitor in the HDMI port. Oh, that's best. Uh, then it frees up those other stuff, the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. And what's in the the USB, the ordinary USB port, we'll call it, is... Um, Instead of A or B. <laughs> yes, exactly. Is my um, speakers, which I don't actually use very much. Okay. I usually just use headphones. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so th this dock thing I got, um, it has uh, ordinary USB ports on the front, which allows me to plug in my microphone and my my uh, cable for my phone so I can download photos quicker than I can get it through iCloud. Right. And my keyboard is also plugged in there. The monitor. Wait, how many I do mean, you have on the front? Though? That's three. You have three of them? Four. Oh, wow. Four, four ordinary USBs. What dock is that? Um, is it OWC or? Um, I, the, it doesn't say in the edge. I'd have to get up and Leo's okay, on my well, don't, don't, do don't, don't fool with that. <laughs> But it also has um, microcard readers, which the Mac Minis used to have on the back. Yep. And uh, they dropped that, so this still gives me a way of reading microcards, and which I still have. My um, my dash cam has a uh, it's a mini um, card, and so I can just plug it in there to read. Because my even my um, oh sorry, not either. I'm wrong. I was going to say my MacBook Pro has has card readers, but it doesn't. That was in the dock I bought for that for the same reason because it's. US, well, Thunderbolt, whatever, only. Yeah, well, what you're, everything that you're describing there is why I'm not going to buy an iMac because I would have, you know, dongles hanging off the back of the machine yeah. with all these things plugged into it. And, yeah. and, and I, I definitely yeah. do not want that. And I thought this was a really good way to go because everything's all, um, it's, you can't really see it because it's, it, it's, it's designed to the exact same footprint as the Mac Mini. Right. The Mac Mini just sits on top of it, and it's completely unobtrusive, but it's it's there whenever I need it. So it's got and a I got uh, it. It's got a mini SD card slot. Yes. 
as well as a regular SD card slot. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So it, it's really, I mean, I don't need it often, but when I need one, I need one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like... know. <laughs> That's the, like but, one of the major things I'm upset about with the new iMac because I use a card slot, SD card slot, all the time with my photography. I yeah. move that card around all the time. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that was an important thing. And that I, I chose the one I got because it had a hard drive bay in it. And I thought, oh, that's good. I can use that for my time machine or something. Wait. Only I didn't realize at the time until I got it, till I actually got it, because I ordered it from Amazon. It's the only place I could get one. And it turned out that it, it uses a laptop hard drive. Oh, like a 2.3 or 2.5. Yeah. Horribly, horribly expensive. expensive. Yes. <laughs> so I only ended up getting, I think it was a 250 gig or something, which I still, I don't use for anything. So but that's really interesting that the dock actually comes with a hard drive a bay. bay in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, I misspoke. It's 500 gigs. It's bigger than I thought it was. Oh. What I often do is I put my files for my current podcast episode on that. And then when I'm recording and all that, because it's right there, it's connected direct to the computer because otherwise everything I've got is on my server, which is where my ah. um, my time machine is going now as well. Is it a Plex a Media one. server? No, I canceled that after Nigel died because I couldn't figure out how to use it. I'm paying <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm $8 laughing. a month for nothing. Oh, well, I pay $5 a month for that. Well, it's probably about that. Yeah. Know? conversion well i think that that whole the whole description of your setup is i i like it i really do like it except for yeah, the monitor I'm, i want a monitor that's you know 5k or whatever yeah yeah i definitely want to get a better monitor um but i mean so got, expensive it's like a thousand dollars yeah and well they're often that here too and up obviously i'm yeah. in zealand dollars and like i said i'm just really reluctant to buy one without seeing it first and i mean my my second kind of instinct sort of is to trust the Dell monitors because they've always been good. Every Dell monitor I've had has always been good. But the one thing I hate about Dell monitors is that the connecting cables are um, sort of upside down from my perspective. They're in the bottom of the back of the monitor. And so you've either got to tilt it all the way forward so you can get to them, or you've got to tilt it back so that you can get to them. There's no way to just kind of feel where it's going. Right, right. You, you have to be able to see it. And all the other monitors have it mounted on this one, well, all of them. The ones I was looking at have them mounted on the side in the back, but right. then, um, sideways so you can see where you're putting them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I would not like that either. Plus, no. Dells are just, to, to me, are just aren't pretty, and I like to have a pretty no. monitor. <laughs> no, it's very utilitarian. Nigel's is actually a bit um, nicer than mine because the edge is narrower. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, the bezel. Oh, geez, I'm, I'm looking at like an inch bezel here on around, around my yeah, computer. Yeah, that, that's what mine has. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. I'll, I'll get another one. It'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so other stuff. What about the um, – well, you said you already said you're not going to get the new iMac. So. Yeah. Excuse well, me. What, what do you think to... about the colors, though? I like the colors. Although when I looked at them online, the first thing I thought it was, oh, I'd get silver. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty said, don't tell him to get silver because he doesn't want silver because <laughs> it looks like the regular old iMac. But um, it does. I would prefer to have those beautiful dark colors on the back mm. on the front. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, it is kind of what's the point? Because the back of my monitors face my windows. <laughs> right. No one's so going to see it. Get the, yeah. 
and the front has this like that um like a, it's like a pastel color and I just I just don't like it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a huge Apple fanboy, but I really things have to look good to me and that yeah. just does not look good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, a dyed in the wool Apple fanboy obviously because I don't even watch the events live. I know. But um the reason I like Apple products so much is because you know, it's a tired saying, but it's true. It just works. Yep. You don't have to fiddle with all sorts of configurations to get things to work. If you've got an app on one, especially an Apple device, uh, Apple app on one device, it works on all of them. Yep. And it shares the data seamlessly. It's so simple to use. I mean, I have a reminder set up in the reminders app to tell me to take my pills um, at set times in the morning and at night. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a very simple thing, but it just repeats every day. All I have to do is complete it, and then it resets for the, the next, next time. Day, yeah. But the, the real advantage to that uh, for me is that it won't go away on, on my phone until I do something, until I you know, complete it. <laughs> so every time I pick up my phone to see if I have any messages or whatever, on the lock screen, I see this reminder. Go, oh, yeah, I better go do that. And Take that's a pills. really good thing for me because I can't accidentally uh, ignore it. Yeah, there there are things I, I really, Apple products I really like. I mean, I like my Apple Watch. I always know when you've finished a workout. <laughs> I know, and I know when you finally do one. <laughs> yeah, it's rare. It is rare. Because <laughs> when I see that, I'm like, oh my God, Arthur got out and walked today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, the last time I did that actually was on one of their challenges. What was it, International Women's Day or something? Oh yeah, that I was thought, back in, was that February? Uh, February, I think, yeah. And I well, thought to myself, what has this got to do with women? I don't get it. Today, you should have walked for 30 minutes to get the Earth Day one. Yeah, I didn't get a notification about that, and that would have been yesterday. But I think I did better than that because on Earth Day here, I had my solar array turned on. So, <gasps> Oh, that's that's perfect. Oh, my gosh. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't realize that till today either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I made sure I walked for 30 minutes today, so I, I, won, I got that badge. So, Well, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what else? Um, thinking about the Apple event, um, AirTags, do you know anything about those? I do. They intrigue me. I i don't have a particular need for them. Me either, but, but I'm, I'm going to buy just one just to play with it. <laughs> what, I, what I think could be useful is not necessarily AirTags because everything Apple is expensive, but that it, the idea that they've got to easy track and trace to be good for like dog tags. Yeah, I mean, on absolutely. Dogs. However, Apple says they don't; they're not making these for to track to track your dog. <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> but you could totally that. do it. I think you should do it. Yeah. The thing is about those, though, is that the battery lasts. I think they said a year. A year, and they're user user replaceable. Oh, they are. How they, unusual! <laughs> yes, I know that's really unusual for uh, for Apple, but they use the, a very typical um, something something thirty two battery, which. You are probably clocks and stuff, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah. like the idea of the tags. And I'm going to get one and I'm going to get one of those little loops and I'm going to, you know, play with it. Maybe stick it in my husband's briefcase and make sure he gets to work. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's got an iPhone, so the iPhone will tell him there's an air tag following you and you don't know it. You know, yeah. <laughs> and he, he'll look at that and he'll say, oh. Get get off my screen! Get off my screen! And then he won't even, <laughs> he won't even know he doesn't he doesn't know that I'm tracking him now. <laughs> With find my friend friends on iPhone, 
<laughs> I track him that way. <laughs> so it's like yeah, a, Nigel ever did that. I didn't think of that. <laughs> around three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll, I'll open up the Find My and see where he is on his on his drive home. And I'll say, okay, I got about twenty minutes. What I want to get done before he comes. <laughs> Quick, empty the dishwasher. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Nigel so, used to ring me on his way home, so I knew that he was uh, usually about twenty minutes away. Oh, okay. When he tried to time it for. He would text you or call you? Call me. Call you. Car. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hands free, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have that too in my car. Um, what about the new purple iPhone? Do you like that? I, I think I like the, as I recall, well, the last time I looked at phones was when the 12 came out and I liked the blue one because I always like blue. Oh, it's a pretty blue. Yeah. It is. Um, but I, I hesitated for a whole bunch of reasons, none the least of which is is that I've currently got two phones. I've got mine, which is a seven, because my six suddenly died and I was in a hurry. So that was the cheapest one that was new one that was available. Yeah. So I got that. And then Nigel's phone is an eight. And I remember when he got it, he said that was the last one that had uh, an actual button on it for the oh, home. Oh, yeah. For, um, yeah. He, he was not happy about them getting rid of that. And um, so I've still got that, and it's got his chip in it, which is now um, it's my account. And I was going to say you're paying for two phones, two phone lines. Yeah, well, because my original plan was that I was going to take his phone and make that my personal phone, take that oh. over as my personal phone. Okay. And then I was going to use mine for anything outside of that. Um, it could be uh, work. It could be it could be a, even a podcast number that people could call. Right. And. Um, but then my work ended in March of last year, and so I don't actually need two phones anymore. So I, at one point I thought about getting the 12 because it has the dual SIMs. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You could put both numbers on Yeah. Because then I thought oh, I'd just have to carry one phone then. Yeah. But I don't know that I need two phone numbers at all. Well, that's true, so, too. Yeah. I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do about that. And I, I think they both have to be on the same network, both SIMs. Oh, they probably do. Yeah. And that is a that is an issue because mine is on one network and, and his is on another, um, and they both have their strengths and they both have their weaknesses. And it is kind of nice to have two different networks in case you're in an area that doesn't have good coverage from the other one. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, it's usually had better coverage, so maybe I should go with them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what about the Apple TV? I have the Apple TV, not the not, not the latest one. I just bought the 64K one. Oh, uh, about the 4K three one? Three weeks. Yeah. Um, oh, then you have, the, that's the, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, they, there's certain upgrades, including the remote, because everybody oh. complains about the remote. Yeah, but you know you can buy and the I, remote. I can't you can buy the remote separately. Oh, can you? Well, I might think yeah. about doing that, although I don't know that it's necessarily much better. I'll have to read some more reviews about it. Yeah. And there's an app on my phone as well that allows me to use that as the remote, but I couldn't figure that one out. <laughs> I could not figure that one out either. So I didn't use, I, I, it's on my phone, but I just, I can't figure it out. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't um, like the gesture stuff. I prefer just to, you know, buttons or whatever. Yeah. But I'm old. Yeah. So <laughs> setting my way. Even so I'm still going to buy two to replace the old. Cause I have, I think mine, I have one here in the office and one in the, in the living room. And I swear, I think they're five or six years old. Which the Apple TVs? Yeah, they're not even HD. Yeah. I don't even think. So yeah, I have one in the in the master bedroom um, that Nigel got many years ago, I think. And I, of course, I never watch TV in the bedroom, so it doesn't really matter. But it it's really basic. 
in terms of what it can handle. I remember that much. And everything's set up to his uh, his um, Apple account. And so anything that I've got, I can't see. And I just haven't gotten around to redoing it. Do you have his password to get on there? Yep, yep. I've got all his passwords. Oh, see. I still, um, still, still check his email periodically just in case anything comes through I need to deal with. But it's pretty much now just mailing lists and spam. So yeah. I don't really need to much anymore. I've got all my passwords written down for my husband because he's... You know, as you know, he's not the most technologically advanced person. <laughs> so well, I use LastPass. Oh, yeah, I've, yeah I've heard of that, yeah. Um, and it, I had the free version, and I was able to use it on a certain number of devices. I've forgotten how many now, but they just changed it um, last month that you can only use it either on computers or devices, but not both, unless you pay. Oh. And it's not much. It's I, I think it's... Th- 30, 25 or 35 US a year, I think. That's not like that. bad. Yeah, that's not bad. No. And I thought, eh, it'll be good enough for now because there are security holes in the Apple keychain. And so I thought, I don't want to rely on that. Well, I do rely on that. <laughs> but my issue is when I do pass away, which I know will be before my husband, I want him to be able to cancel all my shit by, yeah. by having all the passwords. You know? Yeah. So. Well, that was one of the things when... Um, when Nigel was sick, he um, arranged to set me up as his legacy contact on Facebook. Perfect. Yeah. But then I found out that what that allows is it changes it changes it to remembering. I think it is remembering whoever or whatever. And um, the legacy contact can approve things, or I don't think they can delete them. They can either approve them or or disapprove them. But once they're there. I don't think they can do anything like edit, like delete comments or whatever. Oh. I can't remember that part. But the worst part is that if at some point you say, right, that's enough, you have to ask Facebook to take it down. Um, there's nothing you can do. And Nigel was adamant that he wanted his Facebook page gone because he, um, he had a, a cousin, I think it was, who died several years ago from cancer, different sort. And um, her... Facebook page is still up to this day oh, and God. people post all the time like, Oh, I miss you and all that. And I just, I don't want that. No. So I did wait um, until after his birthday, the first birthday after he died before I logged in using his credentials and deleted the whole Facebook page. See, that's what I want my husband to do. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause I don't want that shit hanging around after my, yeah. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about the other stuff. I mean, eventually the book, the podcast would go away when I stopped renewing it. Um, but the blog would theoretically be there forever and I don't really care that much. I mean, I could have somebody go in and delete the blog for me if I wanted to, but I don't really care about that. Once you quit paying for the, um, web hosting service, it'll be gone. They'll delete it. Not my blog because that's through Google. Oh, yeah. Unless they, unless they get rid of blogger. Google Um, be around forever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They'll be, they'll be there when the world ends together with cockroaches and rats. Exactly. Oh my God, we've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that's because that's what happens when we don't talk for years. I know, right? And we're not even done. There's plenty of other things we can talk about. But we should probably wrap this up and just agree to come back in a couple of weeks and talk some more. Okay. What now do you that think? I got Zoom sorted out again. <laughs> remember where we are. <laughs> I won't remember that. I have to listen to the podcast just to remember. I just going to say that. That means I'll have to listen to this one. Damn it. <laughs> You don't have to listen, don't worry. But listen, I do want to thank you because I I don't know anybody else who's had you on their show. Um, I was on one with George in Atlanta. Oh, um, that's right. Yes, I did hear that. Yes. About a year ago or so, I think. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, but that wasn't about, uh, well, it was about some of these things, I guess. Yeah, not, yeah <laughs> just not all of them, yeah. Yeah, and things have changed since then, too. Right. And I'm so glad to see that you're doing well. You are okay, and I yeah. love your new house and that you have solar. I'm really jealous of the solar. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's going to be great. And, you know, I think you're in a really good place. I really do. Yeah, yeah. And just recently I posted on the blog about my dogs and about how they they got me through because there, there was a point, especially in the early days, like at the six-month mark, which is when I sold our last house, where if it hadn't been for them, I don't think I would have had the will to live. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't have done anything because that's just not me. But I certainly would have just been lying around waiting to, waiting to die probably. But because I had to get up every morning and feed them, let them outside to do their business, and I had to feed them again at night, and they needed attention and all that, they kept me going. Yeah. And um, and you're still working, really right? Aren't you still working? No, no, I'm not. Oh, you're completely done. Yes, I'm a gentleman of leisure. Excellent. Me too. For <laughs> now, anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm not going back to work. No way. I don't qualify. I don't qualify for um, uh, what we call it superannuation until I'm 65. Oh, and, so you got um, three years. Yeah, I, heard, I, I think I heard that on your podcast today. Yeah, and I don't qualify for Social Security until I'm 66 and seven months i think it is something like that i'm 67 yeah yeah yes i and anyway i don't get that anyway it goes to the new zealand government and they just add that to the coffers because there's a treaty between the two countries so if a new zealander were to retire in america and qualify for social security which are two different things then um the new zealand government would pay the equivalent of we call it national superannuation to the other the u.s government yeah okay (laughs) Well, this has been great talking to you. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's been great catching up and hearing, you know, I feel so much better now that I've talked to you because I feel like that you're, that you are doing well and you are on your way and everything's going to be okay. It is. That's exactly (laughs) right. So thank you so much for joining me and maybe in a couple of weeks we can do this again. Yeah. And if you want to do it on your podcast, that's cool too. You know, well, I was thinking that actually we should. I'm fi- totally fine with that. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> I, I'll still ask you questions on your own podcast. <laughs> well, that's okay because I don't, I know this is a surprise, but I can't think of everything. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being on the episode. Why don't you say it with me? Until next time. Bye. bye. This show is a proud member of the Pride 48 Podcasting Network. Check out more great shows at pride48.com.